amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello, we're back. It's it's all cobblers to me. If you're new, I'm Charles, and this is the podcast about Northampton Town, made for and by cobblers fans. If you want more, head over to our website, cobblers2me.com. And if you enjoy what we do, you can join our community of cobblers fans in the fan club on Patreon. While it doesn't cost anything to listen to It's All Cobblers to me, it isn't free to make. And you can support the making of the podcast and our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin by going to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me and signing up from just £2 a month. Uh, This week, Danny Brothers is alone in having to keep me in check. And after Saturday, you've got a task on your hands, mate. How are you, Danny? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I don't like coming alone. Is another big bowl on or something? Uh, no, no big bowls. No I big believe bowls. that there are some small adults. Okay. Yeah. Small adults. Small adults. Small around. tractors. Yes. <laughs> and and all the tractors have blocked Jeffy in. Oh dear. Uh, um, so. that's, but but Charles, big news, isn't it? Ooh, that next weekend, 
I like big butts. Mm, you do. I cannot lie. I might write a song about that. Um, <laughs> next weekend, mm. we could all be in the same place together for the first time since August, I think. All, <laughs> all five of us could be in the same place well, five together at the same time. Mm. He, he, oh, are you talking well, about a little little friend? Little friend, yeah. Mm-hmm. Little friend made of glass. Glass, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy Glass. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, finally, I'm going to get my hands on the FSA Club Podcast of the Year Award that we won yeah. back in November. I should do a ceremony on the bank to pass it over to you. Yes, please. Yeah. Above the yeah. North Stand. We'll get, we'll get Anglia News down there. Look yeah. East. There you go. Get, That's get, two pods uh, in a row that Look East yeah. mentioned. <laughs> get John Murray down to present it to you so you don't miss out. Get, get Marcus Speller in. Oh, she'll come down. Just please. recreate it. Please. We'll recreate the moment where I dropped my f- camera and said, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely. Have we released that video? I don't know if we've put I it don't on know. Twitter or anything. I think like. it was on Twitter. I think we released it on Twitter okay. at some point. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll um, show it again uh, or share it again at the Bayos, maybe. Oh, yes. Maybe. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Um, I was thinking about the Bayos because, obviously, I, I know it's only – well, March, as you're listening to this, it's uh, the penultimate day of February as we record, isn't it, obviously? But, um, yeah, not too far away from the end of the season. I think, what is it, 13 games to go? Yeah. And that means the Bayos are just around the corner. That's the important thing. It is the important yeah. thing. That's our annual award ceremony um, that we record in front of a uh, <laughs> live, it's not a live audience at all. We, we fake Ooh, it, but it's it was last year. Together. Oh, Charles, come on. Everyone thought we were really at the lift tower last year. Well, mm, yeah, socially distanced from the lift tower at all times. I think yeah. you'll find that we were. I believe um, if everything goes to plan, we might be outside the East End this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Won't it be a bit noisy with all that construction work going on? Oh no, no, they'll stop that for the night. They'll, they'll. I don't want to say they'll down tools for the night because that's <laughs> bringing up the past. But we'll uh, position ourselves on half of the athletics track. Just, okay. That's what we'll do. <laughs> Can I ask which half, or is that going too far? I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about something we do know a little bit about, and that was Saturday's game at Rochdale. Um, it ended one nil to Rochdale. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended very annoyed. Yeah, you were there, weren't you? Yes, I was there. Ah, yeah. uh, it just this must be a regular haunt for you, Rochdale, is it? Fairly regular. Yeah, I mean, it's it's literally forty minute drive away. Yeah. Um, nice little journey there. Got there mm. in plenty of time. We were able to go into um the clubhouse right. before the game. Well, we know what all the listeners are asking and thinking. What's that? Did you go to the chip shop? I did not go to the chip shop. Oh, come shop. on, Charles. Sorry. On. Crying out loud. I did I did How? park next to the chip shop. Even more so. You should have gone in there. Just get a portion of chips. Come on, Charles. When, do you, when, when might we have this chance again? If we go up... Well, I'll be honest, Daniel, <laughs> <laughs> on Saturday's performance, next season never, we'll have the chance again. Might never see him again. You'll regret uh, it. I, I missed, regret missed opportunity of the year in the Bayos, that'll be. If you think that's what it is. Yeah. Charles <laughs> missing enough. out on his fish and chips. Fair enough. Yeah, no, we went straight to the clubhouse. Had... Is it is it a away fans welcome clubhouse or did you have to zip up your... No, it's an away fans welcome clubhouse. I will yes. say incredibly friendly. Mm. There was, you know, they've they've got a 
security person on the door um, who was the most jovial person I have I have met doing that job ever. Um, norm- normally, you're a bit scared of doormen, aren't you? Yeah, you'd say that. Though. The cars bar doormen are great. I love oh, the cars yes. bar. They always That's give true. a nice, nice welcome there. That's true. Um, I, I think, uh, no offense to them, but I, th- I think I just kind of don't really, I, I don't know. I don't really consider, there's never any need for them, I don't think, at Cars Bar. It's clearly <laughs> just a case of it's a stipulation of the license. Yes. That is purely all they're there. You know, they're never, they're never needed. They're lovely, lovely guys. Yeah. But yeah, th- this, this chap, I mean, he was quite big. He was quite a tall fellow, but he was incredibly happy, incredibly friendly. It was lovely to be welcomed in such a way. Um, and yeah, it was it was really nice. It was a nice atmosphere in there. It was quite it was quite spacious. Nice. Um, I did think, oh, it's it's a little bit quiet when we first got in there. Bear in mind, we sort of walked in at maybe about ten past two, so quite a, mm. a while before kickoff. Is this only away fans that allowed in there? No, 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 home fans oh, in there okay, as well. Nice, nice yeah, like that. It was it was nicely uh, nicely mingled. Yeah, a bit of bants. Uh, yeah, a little bit of bants was going on. It was good. It was very Any nice. There were no and... songs. No, I th- there was uh, Blackburn versus QPR was on the telly, and oh. most people well, seemed absorbed in that. <laughs> when that's on the telly, Charles, you just, <laughs> exactly. you, you know. <laughs> I know. What else would you be doing but staring at the screen? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was really good. And it's it's not often that you go to an away game and – you can then go into the bar that is actually attached to the football club. Mm. Um, Port Vale, you can do it there. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can do it at Sixfields at Cars Bar if you're an away fan, depending on how many we're expecting and which club you're yeah. you know, coming from. I think Cheltenham, um, you used to be able to do it as well. Fleetwood, you can do it. Um, yeah. but they've got an absolutely massive bar. Um I think that's off the top of my head. That's the only ones that I can remember. Um, there was one. At, um, it was Kidderminster, I think, that was quite okay, good. On, but I'm just naming teams that aren't in our league, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're naming teams that we're not likely to be playing <laughs> for the foreseeable. I hope. Okay, and we say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was nice. Saw a few Cobblers fans in there. Um, had a nice chat with a few of them. Um, yeah, it was good. It was really nice. Met up with uh, one of our Patreon fan club members, Rich. Okay, nice. Had We're a good. nice drink. In fact, I spent the whole game with Rich. It was it was it enjoyable. Um, shout out also to um, Paul, um, Auntie Paul, um, as he's known forevermore, just because of social media, his forum name. Um, and yeah, it was it was a good. A good afternoon, apart from the football. Yeah. It's good to, to make a day of it away game as well, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It was good. Always nice. But obviously I had the pleasure <laughs> of witnessing it, not only live, but uh, firsthand, Danny. I, I understand yeah. you've watched the game back. Yes. Because, because obviously, I, you know, you do that because you are committed. Committed, Not only yeah. to the cobblers, but to this podcast. Exactly that, yeah. And yeah. because I'm an absolute savage who <laughs> likes to put myself through pain. Um, but yeah, I had a little watch this morning. Watch back. And what did you um, make of it? Um, it's difficult, I think, again, because we weren't 
terrible in the terrible sense. Like, are you sure? We, like we have been before. Like we're never really dreadful, are we? We're never really oh, it felt anything like it. all over the place. It probably felt like it there, but I think we we just get to a point in midfield where we just don't seem to have a plan. And I think I've said this before, like there's no attacking intent or or um, patterns to it that, that yeah, we get I, going. It's more like we get there and then we hope someone's going to do something. We hope Pinnett's going to pull something out or, or Epia's going to do something or Hoskins is going to pull something out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, right, we're, we're really focused. We're really good at defending. We're great at this. We've, we've got that solid base, but when we get up front, it just we just seem to lose it a lot of the time, and it just seems to be such a missed opportunity to to be able to get something going. And a lot of it's probably down to just the fact that we haven't got a plan as such. It's more been, we've more been forced into this formation mm. because of Etete leaving. Mm. We've been forced into almost playing two up front because we've now got McGlure coming in, who's, who's great, and we've been able to make the defense even tighter. So. We've come into January, lost the Tete, and now we've been forced to. We're, we're making ourselves play two up front. We're making Pinnock kind of sit in a different position to what he was before. And there's just, I don't think there's ever, there has been yet two players who have played together more than once no, in those not two forward positions. Definitely not. And that can't help. Like you've got Epia and Hoskins, I think, were playing a little bit on Saturday. It turns into Epia and Ashley Seal, turns into Ashley Seal and. Um, Apparet who comes on mm-hmm. turns into Labala and it just seems to be a bit of a mesh of players just being thrown in and hoping for the best and that can't help I don't think we've never really had a consistent front two and you need like you need good strikers but you also need a good understanding between them it just feels like we haven't had that for whatever reason injury suspensions or like, people getting up to fitness and I just worry a little bit that we're not going to get there we're just going to end up throwing whoever is there whoever's available up front and it just doesn't work out a lot of the time. I think Jake Sharp summed it up for me in the post-match on Radio Northampton where he said that it feels like there aren't any patterns yeah. you know, that are being yeah. necessarily, that, that have been worked on on the training ground that are then coming through into the match mm-hmm. for our attacking play. And he said... It all feels a bit improvised, yeah. And I it think because you said that you know, and, and I, I think I said these words as well. In fairness, on Saturday after the match, which is that which is that it's like we haven't. There's no attacking intent, and I don't actually think that's fair because they are trying to attack. It's just that they don't really know how to do it effectively, mm-hmm. and it, it feels very much as though. What's essentially the, the big thing that's really missing is a creative player, somebody that can just do something in the midfield area to really set us on our way. Because you kind of watch other teams play, and you could, uh, Rochdale, for example, you could kind of see exactly what it was that they were doing. Every time they went forward, it was the same thing. They basically would target our um, left-hand side, so Koiki, essentially, and they would basically try and get the ball, not necessarily to cross in, but to, you know, the wingers would seem to cut back onto their inside foot a lot. 
and that's what essentially the, the, the game plan was for Rochdale. That's how they were attacking. And with us, it was just, right, we'll try kicking it long. We'll try getting it out wide. We'll try this. We'll try that. There was nothing there that actually said, this is how we play as Northampton Town. This is how we attack and this is how we score goals. It is a simple case of it. What it looks like an awful lot of the time is that we're just trying to win free kicks. Or, and I say trying to, I don't mean that we're looking for fouls necessarily, but it's essentially a case of we go down very easily and quite often the referee won't give us the free kick. And then we're on our heels again and we're chasing back. And so it, constantly breaks up the momentum of our play and when we don't get the free kick even if we still have the ball in our possession it, it feels like we still don't really know what to do yeah no it's exactly that we don't we don't seem to have anything that we like to aim for there's it's get it up there and and hope that someone will get hold of it and do something with it. i was quite excited when epi was starting think it's well, probably is it his second start maybe but enough because I thought he's the type of player who you can get the ball to and he'll just produce something but he just seemed a little bit unsure of where to go where to run and that's exactly what um we're talking about I think is that there is no sort of purpose to the attack mm-hmm. other than to get it there and try and do something and then kind and yeah try and improvise try and do something once we're there which sometimes works against the weaker teams but against the Rochdale team on that kind of pitch and you know, the pitch is not an excuse because we should be able to cope with it. But mm. it's just like against that, in that kind of game, we're just not going to be able to, to get it right because they're going to be onto us. And as soon as they get sniff, it just feels like we've not got any more plans to, to do it, to, to get forward. And that's the only thing missing from us. And we've somehow got to second in the table. We got to second with a nil, nil draw against the bottom team on Tuesday night. Mm. We're somehow still there. We've got away with it a little bit, I think, at the weekend. So that's a positive. But it doesn't give you a lot of hope in terms of watching us in the coming in the in the next few games. It's no. it's it's just right on a knife edge, and we're playing every game like on a one nil knife edge. And I think as soon as we went behind on Saturday, I thought I couldn't see us getting back into. I definitely couldn't see us winning it. No, I couldn't see us getting back into it, and that's not a good place to be. I don't think. Um, this deep into a season where you're really fighting for promotion, and I think I think the fans know that the fans feel the same as that. You know, we you know there was this thing where Ro- Rochdale's goal kind of it was it was both coming, but also out of the blue at the same time because you know it it had been all Rochdale from what I'd seen. You know, we were essentially letting Rochdale come at us and then we were attempting to hit them on the break. I think that was essentially the game yeah. plan. Yeah. Um, so it was coming in the sense that Rochdale had been doing, seeing a lot of the ball, had been actually, you know, trying to wear us down an awful lot. But at the same time, they'd not really threatened. And then, I'll be honest, I don't really know what happened. It looked like from where I was looking through it was that the ball is crossed in from a quite shallow angle, and then it just takes a deflection, which takes it away from Roberts. Yeah, it was Koike on the left, um, that he just didn't do anywhere near enough. I think he was just beaten so easily on that on that side. It's so frustrating when because defensively is just not, it's just not really up to it a lot of the time, defensively, and that might be a little bit harsh on him, but he just he get he and this is a prime example. He just got gets beat 
so easily for someone with his pace. It was just like one little move and it's just the player's gone past him and crossed it in. Mm. Um, like I say, it's got a little deflection on the Wii Roberts couldn't do a lot about it. Um, but yeah, we just need to do better. We need him to do better because obviously Jay Mills is, is ready. Come off the bench, didn't he? He's, yeah, he's ready, I mean, to, ready to come in. <laughs> for me with Koike, it wasn't just his defensive display mm. that was weak on Saturday. Mm. It was also his on-the-ball attacking play. There was one moment in the first half where he got the ball out on the left and we were we were going to have like something like four on two. There was going to be a breakaway and all he had to do was push the ball down the line to Pinnock. And yet he dawdled on the ball and when he passed it, the Rochdale player was there to cut it out. And it was so frustrating because you were looking at it and going, that's a simple ball to play forward and we would have been in. Mm. for definite and he couldn't pass you know he couldn't complete that pass and it was just there was an awful lot of times when I I just thought to myself he's not good enough today and in the second half when McGowan was substituted I was flabbergasted I mean mm. Asa didn't look very happy at all oh he wasn't no. he was he I, I think it was a good job that he had to come off on our side of the pitch and walk all the way round, mm. because if he'd have gone straight off, I think he would have been apoplectic with rage. That I, th- I think water bottles would have been being kicked and oh. and things. He, he seemed very angry. Now afterwards, in his post match interview, he suggested that he wasn't happy with being basically played on the wing rather Takes than being the pitch, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, saying that that's not where I play, and yet I'm being asked to do that job. But I mean, I was annoyed because I was thinking. Okay, I can see what we're doing is we're changing the formation in order to go. Well, I mean, to be honest, I think we'd already done this, hadn't we? And that's why Magaza was further up the pitch. But it was that thing of going, right, okay, we're obviously going to a flat back four mm-hmm. with Koike on the left, McGlure on the right, and then obviously Horsfall and, and Guthrie in the middle. But I was going, take Koike off. Yeah. Take Koike off for Mills. Put. You know, I mean, I mean, take him off, take, you know, I just thought to myself, why are you taking McGowan off? Mm. One of our better players. And yeah. I know he didn't have a very good game, but he's playing out of position. He's still doing fairly well, I thought. Maybe not, not yeah. one of his best games for us, but I mean, the guy still has talent and the guy still has ability. Mm. And he's got and a cross I, in him as well, isn't he? That, he's yeah. got that, that quality just to put in a cross from deep. That, At least he won't hit the first man like Sam does. No. Oh. Sorry, got a real <laughs> beer in my bonnet about Sam not being able to beat the first man on a cross. It winds me up. Anyway, <laughs> about the fourth uh, week in a row I've mentioned. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was poor. It was poor. But you, what you're going back to what you said about Koiki about this, but that could go for a lot of players as well, couldn't it? In terms of it's been a, a theme the last few weeks of just not passing properly. I don't know what's going on. Right, yeah. And I don't know what's going on with Pinnock either. With his change of position is just not as effective. He, like, didn't think he was up to much on Saturday. Well, he's, I think, he's, like you're saying, I, I didn't, I hadn't really thought about this until you were saying it earlier, but I do wonder, or I, I do think that it's the change of formation that we've gone to. Yeah. It doesn't play to Pinnock's strengths, and no, yet he's still being picked because of you know, obviously obvious reasons. He's got the best, you know, passer of the ball, the best crosser of the ball that we've got in the team. But he's being shoehorned in, and really we should be looking to build the formation around players like that. 
not forcing them to play in positions where they're weaker or mm-hmm. where they're nullified easier. I think you're right. I think it is a case that we've maybe not replaced the Tete well enough. I think if you look at it, and I'm not suggesting that any of the strikers that we've brought in aren't good players, but they're not a Tete. They're not the no. same type of player as a Tete is. Mm. I mean, I mean Apare is probably the closest thing in terms of a hold-up player. Yeah. But he still needs someone off him and he still needs to... I mean, going back to you saying about um, Epier starting and you were excited about that, when I saw Epier on the team sheet, I actually thought this isn't going to work. And I think myself and Rich were having this conversation at the start. I said, the issue is, is that Epier, for me, is more of an impact sub. Mm. Look at what he did against Scunthorpe when he came on against the tired defence. Well, he doesn't have, you know, the tiredness factor to rely on. You know, he's quick and he's, you know, he's got good ball control by the looks of it. But up against fresh defenders, they're going to bully him. And they did bully him. And it it kind of reminded me a little bit of how Atete was right at the earlier start of the season in his first few games in League Two, where essentially the defenders just bullied him. And it took him a while to adjust to this division and to the type of defenders he was going to be coming up against. So I'm hoping that Epia will do the same and he'll kind of get to that point where actually he'll just stop going near the defenders and constantly be moving them around and, you know, coming off them to receive the ball or to then, you know, maybe come back to then make a run forward. Mm. So you get the defence on the flat foot and and, yeah. and things like that. But mm. uh, yeah, for me, I was a bit, I, don't get me wrong, I didn't want Danny Rose to be starting either. But I just thought, if he's, <laughs> why not put, why not play with two up front and have, Benny Ashley Seal with him or mm. Apare with him. I mean, I presume mm. that once Apare is, is fully fit, he will go back to starting and then we might see an Apare and an Epi a front pairing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a fitness thing. I think. Um, but um, I thought Benny looked decent when he came out again. I thought he actually gave us something that was different. Yeah. Um, gave us a presence up there a bit and looked a little bit dangerous. So. I think he's it's, I think he's still just weak. I don't think he's strong enough. He gets mm. again, he gets pushed over an awful lot. We always say about how he falls over and we joke about the fact that, you know, that's all he ever does and, you know, he slips a lot. But he was bullied a lot by the Rochdale defenders when he came on and he was pushed off the ball very easily, I thought. And he wanted free kicks given and the referee wasn't having anything. I'll tell you what, the referee clearly doesn't believe that pushing exists. Because there were a number of times when you saw very blatant pushes and the ref just ignored it. For both teams, don't get me wrong, it wasn't, you know, but you shouldn't be allowed to push a player to gain an advantage. It's, you know, things like that. But anyway, not blaming the referee at all for that performance. I don't know what the answer is in in terms of the front two, but something has to stick quickly because we've got, like you said, 13 times, time's running out. Um. Even if you drop into the playoffs and stuff, you need to have some sort of understanding up there. You need you need to sort it out quickly. Yes, um, I know. I, I, probably coming around to more your ideas of Epia as a impact sub. Like, I, I would never for some reason I don't know why I just never really liked the idea of Derek Asamoa starting. It's that kind of thing, isn't it? Mm. Like you'd never really see Asamoa as a out and out starter all the time. But when he came on, 
used to run run players ragged. You're probably onto something there, but yeah, I'd just like to see like a settled team for about, especially the front line for two or three games, and just get some sort of flow going. Mm. Well, I mean, realistically, we need the sort of the spine of the team, don't we? Okay, Horsfall and Guthrie look like they're okay, but I mean, we're missing Sowerby. You know, we've been missing Mwaza for the last couple of games while he was suspended. Good to see him back and going for it again. Um, but yeah, you, you're right. Up front is the issue. Um, what did you make of what happened at full time with John Brady and a couple of the fans? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it, if I'm honest. Mm. I don't mind that kind of passion from both sides. I don't know exactly what happened. So I think we don't, unless we know what words were said, then it's hard to kind of properly comment. But I don't mind that from my manager. I don't mind it from my fans going up. Because I think they, they seem to end it in a reasonable way. Like Brady walked off and apologised or whatever. And he, I think what he said on the radio was probably not the full story. <laughs> um because it did look like it was getting proper heated, but and we know it's a passionate man. We know that he's he does everything and he works so hard to get it right. And it's not sometimes it just doesn't happen. And the players didn't perform on Saturday. Um, but he's done. A, a, I mean, he's performed above what we expected. I think it's fair to say, um, and that's probably where a lot of his frustration comes from when he does get sort of screamed at from the fans. On the on the same coin, I do see the the frustration from people who travel and pay money and stuff. And it's, it's completely there up to them to, to say what they want to say. But I don't really mind it from a Brady point of view, if I'm honest, I don't, I'd rather that than somebody just walks out passively claps and goes back and you know, says all sorts of talks in riddles in the, in the post-match. And stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd be interested, like, like you say, I mean, I'd be interested to know who it was. Was it you, Charles? If you're listening, it wasn't me. No, <laughs> but if you, if you're listening, then then get in touch and let us know what what you actually said and what your thoughts are. Because mm. obviously, you know, you, you're quite passionate yourself that that you know you wanted to get a point across to either the players or the management. John Brady's listened to you, had a conversation with you. You both, by the looks of the video, both had a bit of a a pop at each other towards the end, albeit that it, it seemed as though it was fairly amicable in the end. Um, yeah, get get in touch. Podcast at cobblers to me.com. Um, maybe it's the same person who shouted at Jeffy the other week. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe it was Lee Gray, yeah. Um, I'm a little bit like you, Danny, where I don't mind the passion at all, and I'm quite happy for that. But at the same time, there's definitely a danger of it boiling over. And that's what worries me. Maybe I'm being a bit cautious there, but you know, I, I do think to myself, well, what happens if that turns into a quite a big argument on the touchline? You know, what happens? It's doesn't look good for for John Brady no, or the club. But it doesn't. But then you're going to get that in the changing room as well, aren't you? Like, without if we had a camera in the in the changing room, you're going to get that kind of throwing of boots and massive arguments about players not going in the right position and people getting like. You, yeah, but that, that's just, private though, isn't it? Because that's in the change room. If that happens in the change room, there's no cameras there to see it, then we don't know about it. No, we no, don't I mean, get to know about it. No, but I mean, afterwards, at the end of the day, it's cleared, isn't it? Like, it's, it's out the system. I feel like that's okay. That's okay. I see what you mean. Like, it's out each other's system. You move on. The next day you're in training, you get on with it and you look, look like move on kind of thing. And I feel like that's the kind of thing that'll happen here. 
I do think, and I, yeah. I see the frustration because it's it wasn't just about the game against Rochdale. It wasn't just about that performance. I don't want to put words in the person's mouth here, but the way that I felt was that having watched the game against Scunthorpe, where we were, again, abjectly poor, it wasn't, I didn't think it was that much better against Rochdale. Mm-hmm. So that's at least two games in a row where we've not looked very good, personally, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah I yeah, don't no, think even we, we looked that great against Colchester. Yeah, we need we need more from them two games, don't we? Yeah. Like, there's just no two ways about it. We've got to get more than a point against Gunthorpe and Rochdale away. I know they're both away, but it's it's not good. Have you seen how certain have brushed aside Scunthorpe basically at the weekend? Mm. Which is concerning. I mean, this is it, isn't it? It feels very much like we are just a set-piece team and that's basically it. And while I don't want to say that that's not good enough, it's just boring and it's not entertaining and it's not fun for us to go and watch a um, you know, game where it's basically defend really well and be solid at the back and then, but not really create anything going forward. Because, I mean, literally... The only shot on target that I can remember, slash actually there was, was probably when Guthrie stepped forward. Oh, yeah. And I got really annoyed with that. He had a moment, didn't he? He had a moment of glory. I just... <laughs> it, it annoyed me that he came forward and he, he felt to me like he wasted the opportunity. You mean it as a... By having the shot. Oh, he wasted his chance by shooting. Okay. Yeah, and, and no, he probably thought no one else is shooting, so I'm going to have a go. Well, yeah, he probably did. Yeah, um, that was probably exactly it. But and that's what I'd like to see more of as well. Just, just have a go. Let's like, because we seem to just try and walk it in sometimes, and try and like tip tapping around if that's some. Like, I don't mind if two or three shots go over a wide if someone's having a shot. Mm. Like, just like pin it, get hold of it, and have a shot. Hoskins even, you know, might might have one of his random moments where it flies in the top corner. You never know. Or get a deflection or something. Just have a go. Have a shot. It creates a bit of excitement, doesn't it? We had two shots on target, by the way. Did we have two? Both both teams had two on target. Oh, wow. Brilliant. There was a tweet that I saw by Welsh cobbler Dave Harding. After the game, he'd got home and he he basically just tweeted out to say, um, just home, still angry. What do we work on all week? Just defending and hopeful set pieces? What a joke. How are we second? And I completely understand why he feels like that. Completely and utterly. Because it does feel like that, you know, that's all we work on in training. And maybe maybe it was Dave that was having the go at, at Brady at the end. I don't know. I, I don't think it was. But, you know, I, I could understand if the person felt the same way as Welsh Cobbler does, then I don't blame them for having their say. I mean, I refused to clap at the final whistle. I was actually walking out and just going, there's no way I'm clapping that. You know, Mm. I've come, you know, I've come to the game. I've watched that. I've had to watch that. I'm not going to clap you (laughs) because you were awful. Yeah. Um, So I, I just left, but, yeah, you know. It's set against Tuesday night as well, isn't it? It's a lot to do with it. If we'd have gone and spanked them on Tuesday night and then then lost at the weekend, it might not have felt as bad. But it's not. It's feeling like more than a one-off now, which is yes. concerning. And I think it, that's maybe really where my frustration in particular is coming from at the moment. Yeah, yeah we've got such a chance as well. Like this is such a big chance to get out of this league because it's so poor mm. that we've got to 
try and grab it. It doesn't feel like we want to at the moment. It feels like more, it feels more like, oh, look at us. We've landed in second and we all go up if it happens. Yeah. Rather than, yes, we're in second. Let's go for it now. You know? Yes. It feels more like we're there by chance. Let's, I mean, it's not by chance. We've had a lot of good results, a lot of good performances. Let's not let these last couple of games hide that. But, and it's been, in terms of Brady's performance, it's been a lot higher than we thought. But the fact that we have done it and the fact that we've seen a lot of these teams once already and seen how bad they are, that's where the frustration lies for me. It's the fact that we know we can, we're capable and the individual players are capable of putting in performances that beat them easily and we're not. Mm. And it, it's, it's just frustrating. And I don't want it to be a, one of them seasons where we just drop into the playoffs and we just know we're we're in for the... We're just going to get beaten in them because yeah. we're just coming in from the top three just doesn't work. Does it? Um, it, no. it doesn't usually end well. It's not the way that it works, is it? It's the, the team that wins the playoffs is usually the team that's on the up and has the momentum, isn't it? And yeah, yeah that won't be us if, if that's the way that it goes. Um, no. Some uh, contracts uh, were <laughs> extended. Yes, uh, in the week. T- Tim had the gall to ask McWazzer, didn't he, after the game, if oh. his had been extended as front. <laughs> I I quite enjoyed it... the um, awkwardness of that conversation. Could you <laughs> was hear it Jamie Aaron Duncan? McGowan in the background going? Yeah, was was it Jamie Duncan who had to jump in as well at some point? No, I think point. it was Aaron McGowan. Yeah, he said something, but then I think someone else said something else off camera. Oh, really? I mean, it yeah. just, I, I remember Azza just, I, I heard it and thought it was Azza because of the thick Scouse accent, where he was just saying, just, just, just say that we're trying. Yeah, yeah, he definitely said that. And then I think someone else said it's between Scott and the club. I think it might have been. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Jeremy or Gareth, but um, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't really know what to say to that, did he? But. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, isn't it, is that essentially Sean probably won't be um, anything having anything to do with it. No, you know, I don't think be between, don't it'll think be between probably James Whiting and whoever Sean's agent is. Yeah. He didn't seem to know a lot about anything. No, and, and I don't think he will be doing yet. No. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we definitely want him to sign, but the, the issue is going to be is that I'm sure there's going to be people looking at him. There must be suitors out there. And maybe mm. he will feel like, you know, maybe it's time to move away and, and start afresh. I, d- I don't want him to do that, but you never know. And. Mm. You know, he's he's still quite a young player and he's still got a lot of his career ahead of him. Yes. There's a lot to do with which league we're going to be in as well. <sighs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that will be the other thing, won't it? Um, I think it's interesting how we announced Ali Koike and, and Jack Sowby's um, contracts had been extended and that it was by saying that we'd, as a club, opted to trigger the clauses in their contract to provide an extra year. There's a part of me that, (laughs) don't get me right, I know this is so cynical, but there's a part of me that goes, basically, we've had a conversation. They didn't sound like they wanted to, but we've said tough. (laughs) (laughs) That's essentially what's happened. They've tied them up, literally and figuratively. (laughs) You're staying. Put me in the basement. Get him in. <laughs> Get him in the basement. <laughs> Leave him there. Um, in other news, Scott Pollock has moved on loan to Boston. Yes. Um, long way to go, isn't it? A long way to go. long way to go. Mm. And uh, had an immediate impact 
yeah. uh, in their it game been a bit... against Kettering. <laughs> I mean, to come off the plane like that and put in a performance Just is amazing. pretty incredible. Yeah, Amazing. Uh, <laughs> bit of a ding-dong, wasn't it? Bit of a, ding- bit of a ding-dong. Four red cards. Two Four of red which cards. went to um, coaches, Kettering coaches. Um, the big buses, they weren't allowed in. Big buses. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I'm guessing here that, was it Paul Cox, the Kettering manager? I think he left to go and join Boston. Okay, right. And because they kept making mention of there being inflatable snakes in the away end. Oh. Uh, so I presume that the yeah. game was was heated a little bit by mm. that. Um, yeah. But yeah, after the match, I mean, I was, again, I was listening to Radio Northampton on the drive home and um, I can't remember who it is that does the match reports for Kettering, but they were just saying in their interview with Ian Culverhouse, the the new Kettering manager, um, was saying, now normally I wouldn't say anything like this, but that referee wasn't very good, was it? (laughs) And um, Ian Culverhouse was just like, no, no, he wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, but yeah, apparently so Scott Pollock did score. He opened the scoring. Um and then he was involved in one of Kettering's red cards. Oh, I good. think he was fouled and or or attacked or <laughs> something. Um, Tim Oglethorpe goes absolutely apoplectic whenever an ex cobra cobbler's player scores in another game. You could tell it was coming when when he read out Scott Pollock's goal. <laughs> like no matter what league they've gone to, it's always like, oh, there we go again. <laughs> I mean, the thing, do you find it a little bit annoying that this happens? I mean, it's not he's not the first young cobbler that has gone either out on loan or, or left the club permanently and literally to have then started fantastically for their new team, albeit a team no. that is at least one, if not two, divisions lower. Than not when it's that are. lower division, no. It doesn't bother me at all. Like the Ichifano thing didn't... No matter how many goals he scored, it didn't bother me one bit because Matt Warburton scored about 40 goals in that league. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't one of our own, Danny. He wasn't. But he doesn't... No, it's, it's such a different standard. It's got to, and I know we get FA Cup upsets and all that kind of thing, but it is. It's not the same. Um you can use all the arguments you want about bringing him in and, and doing, but uh, I just, yeah, I don't see it. Fair enough. He can, he can, he can score for Boston. That's fine. Get him a bit of confidence, get him game time, come back and try again for us. That's fine. And yeah. I don't see any problem with it, with what Brady said either the other night. I think it's, it's fine. Good. Okay. Right. Um, let's go to the post back. Go on. It's time to read your letters out But things have changed, so listen out If you want to write about Northampton Town You'll need to write this next bit down Just have a rant, or just some fun At podcast at cobblers2me.com No matter if we lose or win Send us your thoughts. Come on, get them in. Get them in. Get them in, indeed. Um, We've had, Danny, I'm sure you'll be pleased to know, an emotional update from Jonathan Hillier. Yes, good. We we need this. His update is dated the 27th of February, so that's Sunday. Uh, He says, 
embarrassment for the players, the fans, and the manager. But in the context of the world today, our footballing issues are insignificant. Huh? Yeah, well, it's fairly true, I think. <laughs> I, I, I think so too. Um, but insignificant, I think, is slightly too much because it is significant in terms of keeping our eyes and ears somewhere else for a little bit, which I think is helpful. But other than that... I certainly agree with you there. Um, we've also got one here from Malcolm Butler, who says, um, Hey, gang, we're in it... No, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) We're in it to win it, John. We're in it to win it. (laughs) Were it not for the events of the last few days, I would never thought of sharing this story. But the tragic unfolding of events in Ukraine have jogged the old memory banks. In the mid-1980s, my parents were granted permission to visit the Soviet Union. Gorbachev had just come to power and the USSR was beginning to open up. They had made contact with a Ukrainian family through a mutual friend, a lecturer at Kiel University, I think, and had managed to obtain visas. Knowing that the couple who my parents visited had a young son who was a football fan, I sent my parents off with a cobbler's top and scarf, as well as an England shirt as a gift. Two weeks later, when my parents returned, I was presented with a Dynamo Kiev banner, which I dug out of the loft yesterday. The power of football to do good shouldn't be lost on us, especially at times like this. All the best, Malcolm Butler. That's brilliant. I love that. It's a great story. And he I sent us a that. picture of the, uh, the the Dynamo banner. Mm. Um, it just looks great. I mean, so typically 80s of it as well, because it's essentially a bed sheet with a, <laughs> a, a, with a club badge on it. It's brilliant. Yeah. I love it. I love um, that kind of story. That's so good. Brilliant Football just stuff. breaks everything, doesn't it? Breaks it really does. It really does. Um, Danny, I, I understand yeah. you've got our next one. Yeah, it says Dear Danny on here. Is that, is it, was that the original writing? Or did it, have you changed it from Dear Neil? <laughs> Not saying anything. <laughs> uh, Mike Fuller, uh, it's been in touch, saying, Have you heard the exciting news? Masters football is back oh, yes. and being shown on Amazon. Oh. With this in mind, who makes the Cobblers Masters team and should we pressure the club to enter the team? Has to be someone that could actually play, no one that is either too old or passed away. <laughs> I, I want to make this happen. Like, I mean, firstly, the Masters is incredible. We've got to get, if, if, if even if we don't have Cobblers team, I am all on board for the Masters. I used to love that. Um, for for like older listeners, sorry, younger listeners, mm. uh, probably like Jeffy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thinking about it. Um, the Masters was a six-a-side, I want to say. I think so, yeah. Six-a-side competition, um, mainly sort of from teams from the top two divisions at the time, I'd say, some from Scotland. And they did like regional heats, didn't they, of six-a-side competitions Yes. In in one day. So you'd get a whole day of sort of six aside games between legends from each team. So you get Man United legends like um who would be playing it like Paul Parker or something again <laughs> going up against Liverpool legends like Ronnie Rosenthal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I, I seem to remember um Jason McAteer and Liverpool probably also had Razor Ruddock in their side. Yes, as well. he definitely yeah, yeah. Julian Dix would have been in there for West Ham. Yes, somewhere. yes, exactly those kind of things. I always remember thinking and, and, and really going because they were always um, former Cobblers players, but playing for oh, yeah. other teams. Yes, and I always used to think, well, there are all these players that did play for us out there playing Masters football. Why don't we have a side? 
Yeah. And it always used to be like, I always used to be quite disappointed that we didn't have one. I always used that. That was my, when it was like 98 and we were in the playoff final, one of my main motivations for wanting us to get into the, to the division one at that point, the mm. championship now was that we could potentially have a master's team. <laughs> <laughs> was it was that the reason though was it because we weren't high enough i think so yeah because you didn't then see anything like rochdale or colchester did you or anyone like that it was mainly like the no but i'm sure the, that there there was the odd team that was a, I don't a think lower you got any, down no i don't think you get no. any like league one league two teams now from what okay I remember. fair enough um, fair like enough. you'd probably get now you might get someone like sunderland just because they used to be yeah. decent kind of thing um Portsmouth and all that kind of stuff, but we know in. I mean, I suppose yeah. in essence, if you were taking teams, because it's a master tournament, the rule is that they have to be retired and over thirty-five. Yeah. Um. I, I suppose if you, therefore, you're going back to say, the last twenty years, aren't? You? So yeah. Sunderland were in the Premier League within the last twenty years. So you could yes. have yeah. like, I mean, imagine. Phillips and Niall Quinn up front together. Get in there. Mickey Gray at the back. Oh, be amazing. I mean, I'm I'm so in for this. I I think we should do It's All Masters to me, Charles. (gasps) I mean, if this is our our Euros this year, (laughs) we've got to do this. Could you imagine that? would be amazing. Do you have a team, Danny? Yes, I'm going to change it slightly because I've only just heard about this retirement. Okay. Okay. Um, I did have Bayo up front, but he's technically not retired yet. Yeah, true. He's definitely not retired yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I went for Mark Bunn in goal. Yes. The fairly strong pair of hands. Uh, Samo, but there's got to be at the back. There's Sean Dyche. It's got to be there. Oh. Two defenders, Samo and Dyche. So you have a, oh, a mix, yes. of, mix of characters, but you, the headers are going to be one and no one's getting past. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fair I've enough. I've gone for a Maverick pairing in midfield of Ricky Holmes and Martin Smith. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure where my. I think I'm expecting Dyche to step up a bit into midfield as well and just. Provide a bit of muscle in there. Mm-hmm. Give the ball to Holmes and Smudger. And I'm going to change Bayo to Rico, I think, because Rico is still in tip-top shape, as we know, Charles. Absolutely. Well, um, I saw him I saw him on Saturday after did. the game. I don't know where he'd gone, but I was driving around the other... Uh, I was at least half a mile away from the stadium at this point, mm-hmm. and there was Rico. I'll be honest, <laughs> he looked around. like he might have been walking back from the cemetery pub. Because <laughs> uh, he was walking down the road from there where the pub was, and I did, I, did, I opened the window down and went, "Have you lost the bus, Rico?" <laughs> and he just sort of looked at me. I, I mean, he looked at me, he waved, and he said hello. But I mean, it was. I was uh, then I got up to the corner and went, "Oh, there's the pub. Maybe that's where he's been. Maybe he he's thought the game was that bad. <laughs> he left and went to work for a pint. Yeah. Him and Buchanan were in there. Oh, brilliant! Put the worlds to rights. I've gone for it. My my team is very similar to yours, um, and and I'm just I was gonna think. Oh, shall I try and re- rework it on the fly here just to make it slightly different? Dicky Hope for the sake there, right? of it. Um, Can I have a bit of Dicky Hope? A little bit of Dicky Hope. Um, yeah, I was yeah. thinking maybe um, Chris Wilmot. Chris Wilmot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> no, I mean, I, my original team was basically the same as same as yours, um, but I am going to change it slightly. So I'm going to go with Chris Dunn in goal. Reason being that he's a little bit younger than Bunny. That's it. Also a little bit shitter than Bunny. Well, well yeah. <laughs> but hey, 
It's Masters football. It's not. Uh, it was either it. that or or find Keith Welch. And I, I, I'm worried that that would take longer than getting Chris Dunn. Yeah, oh, Keith Welch is absolutely somewhere in a in a hut somewhere in the woods. <laughs> off the grid. Just, yeah, oh, completely off the grid, yeah. He is Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. Uh, absolutely. Um, you don't I've want gone... Chris Dunn in goal, Charles, when someone like Gianfranco Zola is bearing down on you, do you? Come on. Oh, I don't know. Get... <laughs> I, I always thought that Dunny was a fairly decent shot stopper. Okay. I, I think it was more... That's true, actually. You've got to think about the type of shot yeah, you're going to be facing. I you? think he was... I mean, it's a bit like actually saying, was Billy Turley okay at shot stopping? He no. was definitely not very good at claiming crosses. He was not very good at anything. No, you're quite no. right. Um, so anyway, so I've gone with Chris Dunn in goal simply because you've taken Mark Dunn. Okay. And that Dunny's a little bit younger. Um, I've then gone for um, a back two of Xander Diamond nice. with Jason Crow. Oh. Now I've gone with essentially what I've done is I've gone with Xander who can head everything in sight, mm-hmm. and then Crow who's got a little bit of pace, yeah. a little bit more than Xander will at least. So he'll be able to do the mopping up, mop it, mop it. Yes. Um, now I then went for so originally I went for Ricky Ricky Holmes, um, and I went. Actually, at first for Nicky Adams, but obviously Nicky is not retired yet. He's not. No. Um, so I then changed it to Martin Smith, but you've taken Smudger, which is disappointing. Um, so I'm going to go for in the midfield. I'm going to have Jason Taylor. Rough it up a bit. He's he's not retired. Oh, yet. he's not retired. No, you're right. Mm. Sorry, I apologize. I'll go for Joel Byram. No, is Joel Byram the- retired? He's not playing in the EFL anymore, is he? Um, Does that count? That doesn't mean he's not retired. He's playing for Clitheroe. Oh, he's not retired. Joel, no, what a letdown. Um, who else could I have in midfield then? I'm I'm, I'm starting to panic. Ryan oh, I Gilligan. Eric. I should realise I've left Eric out. Have you left Eric out? I can't. <laughs> oh, that's it then. Right. Up front. No, in fact, I'll have, I'll have Eric up front. Eric Sabin. There you go. Eric Sabin's up front. Um, and behind him is going to be... Um, who who shall I have? Don't need anyone else. If you got Look, Eric, is that it? I've good. got Eric. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. All right then. I'm yeah. going to keep Ricky Holmes in there, and then as a midfield, I'm going to I'm going to find James Hunt. Oh, there you someone, go. Someone suggested Ian Taylor, which I think is a great shout as well. I can't remember who that was. Was it Melly? I think Melly put about eight players in his team. On that stack, so. <laughs> he did, to be fair, didn't he? he absolutely did. Yeah, Ian Taylor is a, is a is a brilliant shout. Yeah, I mean. I will say he'll definitely play for Villa over us. That's the only issue with that. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things that I actually kept trying to think of. And because originally I didn't put Smudger in, because I instantly went, well, he'll play for Sunderland. That was my... Mm. So I, I sort of went with this thinking of going, right, not only do we need them to fit the criteria of being retired and over 35 and obviously having played for us, but at the same time, we need to try and pick players that would likely want to play for us rather than another team. And mm. Smudger would definitely go for... If Sunderland came asking, he wouldn't <laughs> He wouldn't turn it down, would he? So I want, I want to see a deadline day for this. For this. I want to see <laughs> teams being formed. I want to see a, a special deadline day where all the players get revealed and drafts get done and stuff. I, I'm, I'm all in on this. That would be amazing. I like that. Um, I think that would be really good. 
Um, but yeah, it was a great conversation that we had with this on our Slack channel, which is a forum where we have all our Patreon fan club on Patreon members. Uh, so if you want to join them, you can do. Just go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Uh, everybody that is a Patreon supporter gets access to the uh, to the forum, which is which is great. Very alive on match days as well, which is brilliant. But we have lots of really good chats in there, like this uh, the Masters six aside. I mean, one but Mike Fuller's. I I was really happy with this one. So Mike Fuller went for Keith Welch, a back two of Ian Sampson and Ray Warburton. Uh, he had Roy Hunter and Sean Parrish in mid- in midfield behind. Uh, he's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Yeah. Scott yes. McLeish. That is a good um, Masters player, that. Brilliant, good. brilliant six players um, there. Six-a-side team. Fabulous I'm just watching stuff. the best of Masters goals. No. Oh, Danny. <laughs> Danny, calm yourself. Um, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, you can send your emails to podcast at cobblers2me.com or you can find us on Twitter. Just search for at cobblers2me. Um, there's not really much else to tell you. The women weren't playing this weekend. Their game was called off. So we haven't got an update with regards to Abby and the rest of the girls. Um, the only real update that I've potentially got, Danny, is that we've had a little bit of an update on the website. Oh. And what we're going to try and do, and I'm not going to lie, I've been inspired by Neil. Who thought that that could ever happen? (laughs) Uh, So recently, and and I'm sure regular listeners to the podcast will know that as well as being a a Cobblers fan and a devoted Cobblers fan, um, Neil is also a fan of the NFL. That's the American version of rugby. (laughs) (laughs) He's not here, I can say it. Um, And he's in particular, he's a San Francisco 49ers fan. Um, and he's recently started a new blog site, um, which is called UK49ers.com. So that's UK, the number four, the number nine, ERS.com. Yes, make sure um, you get that right, kids, when you say yeah, that. Yeah, definitely make sure you get that right. Um, so um, go and have a look. He's basically just writing um, articles about the 49ers, about the team that he supports. Do go and check it out. But He's inspired me, Danny, to mm. basically pick up my keyboard and type and, and start bashing away at the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Neil often inspires that kind of thing in people. He oh, does. He does indeed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're going to start having a bit more written content on cobblers2me.com. And I've already started uh, started this off, Danny. There's a lovely it's a Keith Carlisle blog. It is not a Keith Carlisle blog. I couldn't find it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you must have burnt it. Um, no, it's the first one is a piece on, uh, basically on the stuff that came out about Scott Pollock last week, what John Brady had said, and and a little bit on, you know, how we like to obviously see one of our own turn into um, a regular player in the first team, a bit like how Sean McWilliams has done. Um, so there's a post there and we're going to be doing, I'm going to try and get one out every single week. But um, along with that, we would like to open up the opportunity to any of you guys. So if you're a budding writer or you just fancy having a bit of a go at writing about your favourite football club, then please do um, just drop us an email 
with your article. It can be about absolutely anything from who your favorite player is or your favorite game, any cobbler's news that's currently doing the rounds. You can do a match analysis of a recent game, or you can even go out there and uh, analyze the whole team and use loads of funky stats that isn't the normal thing that we have for you. If you would like to do that, then you can just email podcast at cobblerstome.com with around about 400 words or so for your article. Um, And we'll publish your content and add you to our roster of writers. And of course, any published work will get full credit on the site. So um, you can go and have a go. So if you'd like to do that, then please feel free. We'd love to showcase your work. Um, Please do check out the rest of the website. Had a little bit of a change around. There's more changes to come as well, Um, but there's loads of content on there. You can listen to every single episode of the podcast, including all of our former Cobblers player interviews. And you'll also find uh, the series I did a couple of years ago now called Memory Lane, where I spoke to some Northampton Town fans about their favourite moments from their following of Northampton Town Football Club. Danny, Mm -hmm. any other business? No, I thought your blog was very good, though. Oh, thank you. I've got no other business to share. Apart from uh, next weekend, we'll all be there. So come and find us. We against will. Tranmere. We'll of talk course. about that on the preview show. But. Yes. Oh, yeah, the preview show as well. That was good. Oh, good. Enjoyed I'm glad you enjoyed, enjoyed it. Yes. Enjoyed Neil's we, appearance as well. Yeah, yeah I, mi- I missed you. I won't I won't deny it. I did miss oh. you. Um, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you, you so much, Were you thinking of me the Charlotte. whole time, Charles? I wasn't thinking of you, no. I was oh. too busy enjoying the company of Neil and Charlotte from okay. Rochdale, which was great. Um, so, yeah, thank you again for Charlotte for coming on. We'll be back with the preview show with a Tranmere fan. Because next week, next weekend, this weekend, it's coming up. So this weekend's game is, of course, the 125th anniversary game against Tranmere Rovers. Mm, happy Ooh. birthday. Happy birthday, indeed. Are you going um, in your birthday suit, girls? Um, no. <laughs> Are you bringing that thing you sometimes <laughs> That thing you sometimes blow, but that's, <laughs> you know your little um, peeper. You know your... You've probably got it under the table there, have you? Pardon? You've got a little party thing, what they call my, my party blower. Party blower, yeah. My party blower. Bring it bring it along. When the teams, yeah, there we go. When the teams come out. <laughs> my blow tickler. That's what Is that what it's called? A blow tickler. A blow tickler. Yeah. Okay. Indeed. There you go. If you want more blow tickler action, go and listen to the Slimming World podcast. There you go. I'm uh, <laughs> shouting out clients now. What am I doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it for this week's It's All Cobblers to Me. Thank you very much for listening and for supporting us, um, which you can do more of, as I said before, patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Danny, thank you so much for your time for the last hour. Thank you, Charles. You're very welcome. Um, If you'd like to hear more of me and Danny, you can pop into the Patreon and you'll be able to listen to us talking about all the other games in League Two that happened this week in our regular weekly podcast series, The Basement Tales. Um, If you're in there, we'll see you in there. Goodbye. Goodbye. There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. This podcast.
podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Podcast Network. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.